0: Welcome to Poet in Bangkok. I'm Colin Chaney.
1: And I'm Donald Quist. Every episode, we hear the stories of writers, artists, dancers, journalists, and musicians.
0: And Donald and I will try to cobble together a larger story about making art and expressing yourself during this era of military rule here in Thailand. On today's podcast, we have two guests, acclaimed Thai poet Zachariah Che Amataya and Sara Sarakanon a fiction writer, and editor-in-chief at A Thousand and One Nights Editions, one of the coolest independent small presses here in Thailand. Zakaria and Kittipon, or as they like to be called, Che and Yo, talk about growing up in the shadow of conflicts in Thailand's southern provinces. They also helped us understand the different kinds of censorship that Thai people experience in their daily lives, as well as in their writing. And they also gave us their take on the recent news about the murdered by the sky transmission from around Mars.
1: So, in our last episode, our guest Dino said that all art in Thailand is underground.
0: Yeah, it took me by surprise, but it once he said it, <laughs> I it was, I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs>
1: uh, another thing Dino said that stood out to us is when he said that the definition of what it means to be Thai is changing, um, but. As you'll hear in our interview today with Yo and Che, for them, there has always been ambiguity about what it means to be Thai. For them, the borders of Thai citizenship have always been in dispute, depending on who you ask and what part of the country they are from.
0: In our first two episodes, Dino and Kathy each talked about their the lack of desire to wrestle with politics in their art, at least explicitly. As a poet, Che seems uh, to much more directly engage social and political issues, but that due to the current social climate in Thailand, he must be extremely careful about what he prints. Uh, in the interview, you'll hear he he mentions the case of Opas Chanasuk Sai, an elderly shopkeeper who was convicted of insulting the monarchy under Thailand's Les Majestés laws. He was accused of writing defamatory text on a public bathroom wall in Bangkok and is currently serving an 18-month sentence. Les majesty law prevents the news media from publishing any information about what Mr. Opas actually wrote on the wall. So as Chase said, if, if this man can be uh, convicted for allegedly writing something in a bathroom, how careful does he need to be when writing about politics in an actual printed book? Che also mentions that there are certain subjects in his poems, it can only be addressed by a mission. In other words, the the reader of the poem is conscious of what is not there on the page, what is behind the language. I was really fascinated by this idea of a mission. I found it rhymed a bit with what Kathy had said about how certain parts of a of a story, of a cartoon, are sometimes best left to the audience's imagination because they're too dark or too heavy. Yo talked about how Thailand sometimes feels rather surreal to him given the the social and political turmoil uh, of military rule and censorship. I found it interesting that he thought most Thais would be critical of Pim Wirasetakun, not because she released the information about the Mars transmission, but because it involved WikiLeaks. And I'd forgotten that an earlier WikiLeaks dump of documents onto the internet contained uh, some uncomfortable information about Thailand. When we spoke with Dino about the Murdered by the Sky Transmission in our last episode, we had, we had some good fun talking about the hoaxes and conspiracy theories surrounding the WikiLeaks affair. But with the news this week that the International Space Agency, ISEC, has confirmed the existence of the transmission, that it's real, uh, things <laughs> have gotten a little more surreal on a, on a global scale. Yeah, least, definitely. At least yeah. for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Alright, so <laughs> let, me get, let me make sure I got this right. Um, Isaac claims that the transmission came from a malfunctioning Mars orbiter coming back online. Right?
0: Yeah, that somehow the somehow one of the orbiters that had that had all gone dark when when the Harbinger One mission went dark uh, s- somehow came back online. That's right. The, and uh, perhaps through their efforts. I don't I don't think they've said mm. whether that's because of what they were trying to do here from Earth or anyway no yeah so yeah right. that. That it's a Mars orbiter, is okay. What they're, and then is what that,
1: they're saying. this got picked up by this large array, the VLA, yeah, the Very yeah. Large Array. I yeah. see. Hmm. I I don't know, man. This. I'm just sort of concerned why it's taken so long to confirm. You know, if if this happened, if this is true, and they've had this this transmission since March, why are they just confirming it now?
0: It makes total sense to me that a that the government would keep things under wraps until they'd really figured out what was going on. Yeah, uh, yeah, fair. Because space transmissions, unidentified space transmissions, <laughs> are, are nerve-wracking, anx- anxiety-producing things. That makes, that makes sense to me, but I, I don't know. I guess when Pym outed herself as the, as the source of the WikiLeaks documents, I think, I think that kind of forced their hand. I mean, that Guardian, the Guardian interview was pretty, was pretty damning, And so I think they, you know, if they'd continued kind of keeping mom and kind of denying it, I don't know. I don't think I don't think that would have that would have worked. So I don't, you know, I mean, it's a little it seems a little dramatic that she is hiding out in the Mexican embassy. I mean, I don't know. That's it. That's a little that's a little odd to me. But she obviously knows her business. And maybe I don't know, maybe coming from having Thai background, she has some sense of what big brother. (laughs) Yeah maybe she's worried about having her attitude adjusted. Right. For, yeah. She's what, running from something. For what she has done. Yeah. yeah. She's
1: running from something. Um and then all of this coincides with a huge radiation spike picked up. I mean that's I don't know um, man that is
0: just that's that's the thing that <laughs> I mean the tra- the verification of the transmission mm-hmm. is freaking spooky but then whatever the whatever the Keck observatory is picking up there they, I guess they said it. They think it's on Phobos, on the on yeah. the, on that mar on that
1: moon, uh, of Mars. I,
0: yeah, it's 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 starting to freak me out
1: a little. Right. bit. I guess I owe you an apology because in the last episode, I was so <laughs> certain that all of this was a hoax, <laughs> and I've been you made. Were, you to were like, pretty. Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, I felt a little. I felt a little. I feel a little shamed yeah. a little shamed after that so yeah you know I appreciate you appreciate you you know <laughs> I'm so but sorry but no seriously I, I would rather at this point I would much rather you were right man this is this is just this is getting surreal yeah this is getting so um, we seem to talk a fair bit about about all of this all of this nonsense on this podcast so maybe we need to re retitle it
1: Poet on, in Mars poet, I don't yeah, know
0: Poet, poet in Mars yeah, yeah Poet on Phobos yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> That's actually a pretty cool band That actually, yeah. That's a, that's we a laugh. Really, that's a really good band name. That's yes, a really good band yeah. name.
1: All right. Yeah. So, of course, the show was about getting a lot of my questions answered, you know. And doing this podcast, I'm having to travel around the city a lot more than I ever did, um, which involves a lot of taxis. Uh, and I've always been nervous about <laughs> getting taxis in Bangkok. So I just wanted to ask you, Colin, what's the deal with taxis? All right.
0: So I gather that there are estimates that there are about uh, 150,000 taxis in Bangkok. And I guess that number does not include private car services or tuk-tuks or passenger vans or uh, motorcycle taxis. For these metered cabs, the the fare starts at a little under $1 US. 35 baht for the first three kilometers and then 5 baht for every kilometer after that, which is not what a taxi costs you in New York City. (laughs) So you can get from the airport to central Bangkok for like nine bucks, Mm. 10 bucks, where I think in in New York that would be like 60 to 80 bucks every time it it gets more whenever I go back. Anyway, there are several different taxi companies each denoted by a different, a different uh, color cab. And my daughter loves to, 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 pick out which, whether we're going to get the pink taxi or the green taxi or the light blue taxi, and you get super excited if it's a pink taxi. So by law, all Bangkok taxis must turn on their meter uh, when they pick up a passenger. But drivers often end up having to haggle uh, or bargain a flat fee, um, particularly if it's early in the morning and you're trying to go to the airport. <laughs> uh, since taking power in 2014, the the Junta has made several efforts to improve taxi service and... It, or, and uh, uh, march of this year there was this very well public publicized ceremony involving 100 taxi drivers who all pledged to pick up passengers regardless of their ethnicity or their destination and also that they were going to dress better uh, but i'm not sure i'm not sure what the impact on this has been but um but donald you said that you I mean you take taxis a lot yeah. but you all you don't like to take them You're- I've,
1: so this is an example of a time where the National Council for Peace and Order has done something that has affected my life in a positive way. Really? Do yeah. so. Yeah. Okay, so before the year 2014, I had a lot of trouble getting a taxi. I I I remember one time in particular, I was there, it was me and three friends. Uh three of them are white. Uh, two of them look like Aryan youth, blonde hair, blue eyes and then the other friend he's uh, I guess Jewish and Hispanic uh, mixed. So he sort of looks Arab to many ties, um, and is discriminated as such often. So the four of us are we get off a, at a BTS stop and we try to get a taxi and we're waiting there taxis are just driving past us um, for about 15 minutes, and so fi- a, that sounds pretty familiar, yeah. right? And so finally, uh, one of my blonde-haired, blue-eyed friends just stood up and said, "Hey, let's try something." Um, and he had me and my my dark-haired friend hide behind a pillar. <laughs> so just he and and the, so the two blondes. So it's just the Aryan youth. Who yeah, were, the Aryan uh... youth are out there, and they get a cab in like a minute. The cab stops, and then we jump out. And it was probably the most uncomfortable taxi ride I have ever had in my entire life. That taxi driver was so angry he had been fooled. He was just so bitter and salty. Um, he was he was made to to face
0: consciously or unconsciously. Yes! He was made to face his his uh, his prejudice, right, yeah. uh, which he had promised. He had promised yeah.
1: in that ceremony
0: that he was not going to do. But. Well, this was, before, oh, this was yeah, before. Yeah, this was before. And
1: so now, it's the era of good feeling. Like, I can get. So seriously,
0: you've, you have noticed a big difference? You oh, get, a huge difference. Really? Like,
1: they they might frown, but they pick me up. And a lot of times at the BTS stops, like, when I leave this podcast, I try to make sure to go to a BTS stop because there's usually an officer standing there, like, sending off each taxi, watching them. So they'll take me. That's really interesting. Because
0: so, I, I haven't, it's been a sort of uniform difficulty getting taxis. Yeah. So, I, you know, and I don't, I just attribute, I attribute that to, to just the taxis, mm-hmm. not, my, <laughs> not my beard. Even when I'm with my adorable daughter, right. where I've got my, my son strapped to my chest. Right. I still just get these sort of long, these long looks mm-hmm. um, and they just keep going. But um, I
1: think your beard probably plays into it though. Your beard is quite large, and so, and so. To be honest, I I know a lot of uh, a lot of ties are sort of against facial hair. No, it's not. A, I remember
0: when the one time I, I shaved my beard off when I was living here. It was the first year. And I was sort of testing whether mm-hmm. it was really any cooler if yeah. I didn't have my beard. Yeah. And it's not, just a little, <laughs> little, little little tip for anybody out there uh, yeah. who, who is wondering whether they should keep their beard in the tropics. Mm. Uh, it's not really, but I remember walking, taking the elevator downstairs, and the guard... Uh, the garden in in our building kind of looked over and sort of surprised, and he just sort of smiled, and he just said, "So handsome,
1: so handsome, yeah, so yeah. handsome." And I was like, "Well, th- thanks, uh, man.
0: That makes me feel good." But now I know yeah. what you th- what you thought. <laughs> I don't know. It's things haven't changed in terms of my experience with taxis, yeah. uh, and you know, I think people like to complain. People like to complain mm-hmm. about taxis. I mean, and, and there are unfortunately these these weird incidents that yeah. that happened weird and and sometimes violent incidents that happen. I mean, even the last couple of days there was a couple of altercations between yeah. cabbies and their uh, their fares. Um, and it's you know sometimes it's just Thai Thai passengers. Mm. Uh, sometimes they're farang. Um So I just always just keep really mellow, yeah. knowing that I think that 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 there's not a lot of there's not a lot of gray area. Mm. Of anger here, it's either white or right or red hot. <laughs> yeah, there's no middle. <laughs> it's yeah. no middle. So it's like I feel like in New York, if like you were taking a cab and like you got frustrated with the cabbie, like you you'd cuss him out and mm-hmm. he would cuss you out. You'd all be angry, but you'd pay the fare and then you'd get out of the car. Right. I think here, I know people have had experiences where they've tried to cuss out a taxi right. driver and they get out a a pipe yeah. from underneath the, their seat. So I mean,
1: there have been a few. People who have ridden a taxi and been murdered by the driver—we're a really great advertisement for the uh, for the, for the <laughs> right. taxi, taxi. But they're state. perfectly safe. But they're perfectly. <laughs> but they're perfectly, perfectly safe. safe. Yeah. yeah. But um, and I noticed a lot of the most violent, the ones that tend to end in death, are usually interactions with uh, drivers and foreigners.
0: Do you think do you chalk that up to just kind of cultural, cultural misunderstanding, misunderstanding and,
1: and that? <laughs> I've had to learn how to tell my driver, "Hey, could you turn the meter on <laughs> like with a smile, you know, like, hey, I know you're trying to cheat me right now, <laughs> but hey, buddy, <laughs> don't do that, okay, thanks you just like, you just gotta just gotta... as a, a means of sur- means of survival, oh yeah. my, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, just the other day, a guy tried to um I was leaving my campus and he tried to drive with the meter off, and I just had to you know cop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Please please turn the meter on. Well, here's
0: here's a question for you. Do you ride motorcycle taxis? No. So you don't. No. Have you ever? No. <laughs> I am terrified. I've only <laughs> I've only ridden one once and I don't you I mean some of them do have an extra helmet but I'm not, you know, I guess I'm just a squeamish guy who doesn't yeah. like wearing other people's he- he- random helmets. Uh, but the motorcycle taxis, you know, there for people who aren't in Bangkok, they're these depots at the end of some of the soys, the little lanes that go off the main roads, and they wear these orange vests, and they're for you know taking sort of short jaunts. And people ride them all the time. and uh, you know there's this sort of amazing art that um, I guess it's mostly Thai women if they're wearing a skirt, will sort of perch on the back mm. of a motorcycle taxi not holding on yeah. checking your cell phone as the as the motorcycle taxi is drifting through traffic not wearing a helmet uh but so anyway the one time i took a motorcycle taxi was with my friend Riga, who's mm-hmm. a poet and, and food writer, and this is early in my time in Thailand, and she'd just come from a, a from a whiskey tasting event that she was she was covering, so she was a little buzzed, mm. um, and we needed to go down the soy, and she insisted we take these motorcycle taxis, so she got on one and I got on, on one, and we get down <laughs> to the end of the soy, and it was fine, it was, there was no problem. I was sort of gripping the back uh, really tightly, but we got to the end. She gets off and and she said, when I got on that when I got on that that taxi, I, I I turned and whispered to him. And she grew up in Thailand, so she can speak Thai really well. He turned him and said, "I just want you to know. I just want you to know, I'm really drunk." And the tax and the motorcycle guy turned around and said, "Don't worry, me too." <laughs> and since then, I mean, I was I didn't want to ride motorcycle taxis before, but after yeah. that, I was like, "Yeah, fair enough." And it's true. You see the yeah. guys; they're just hanging out in the middle of the day, yeah. sitting there drinking drinking beer which is yeah which must be a lovely way to pass the time but it's sort of amazing to to go and get a motorcycle from somebody that you've just watched him
1: like with, chug a beer
0: chug a beer yeah. or drinking uh drinking whiskey yeah uh, before noon which uh, is delightful but i don't did you see this documentary that that uh, patrick Wynn um our friend um just put up about the the drug trade hmm. um on the Burmese-Thai border, the meth trade, okay, and the yeah. meth production in the, in the uh, northeastern parts of Burma. But one of the people that he interviews is a uh, taxi driver mm. who is talking about how he needs to smoke uh, ya ice, yeah, um, meth, meth. Um, good meth, I gather, not the, not the cheap stuff, in order to stay awake. That's why he has to Because he has to, he has to yeah. work these two, he, I guess he works two jobs, he works a desk job and then right. he works this other job. Which is, I mean, it's super sad. I mean, that, that situation in general and that addiction. But it is, I don't know, it is a little, but people accept it and people don't, I mean, I kind of forget about that. I guess I don't yeah. I don't really look if somebody's really kind of tweaking out <laughs> in the driver's seat in front of me anymore. But I don't know. It's just a... Um,
1: I am. You still do? You I'm still? in the back. Every time I ride a taxi, I'm, any type of taxi, I'm in the back, white knuckled, gripping the, the seat. I'm just very nervous about it. My father's a taxi driver, so you would think I'd right? be. Yeah, you'd think I'd be. Calm. Well, that maybe, does he? I mean, I, I, does I, he do eyes? Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: I was gonna say he must have instilled in you really good taxi etiquette. Yeah, or, uh, you know, yeah.
1: So I'm very polite. Uh, I'm the perfect fare. Does he, does he drive a yellow cab? Oh uh, no! He,
0: like a like a he's livery in, like a like limousine.
1: No, just a, I guess a, you would call it a like a meter cab. cab. Yeah, a metered, metered cab, cab in DC. Um, and he's bet, done that my bet, whole life
0: i bet he has some stories
1: yeah he, he he does um and so like a lot of times when i don't get i don't get too mad i'll never ever get too angry with a taxi driver because i always imagine my father huh. yeah even and you know
0: you know probably that that they're get you know for all the trouble that the cabbies give yeah. you here you know that they're also getting hell yes from, yeah uh, like
1: they have people throwing up in the back of their cab i know they're having a rough day yeah. Yeah. um and like you said also nine dollars to the airport i mean just think about that you know uh it's so cheap so even when i'm getting even when they're scamming you yeah. it's 11 bucks it's
0: 11 bucks <laughs> man you know? just it's not come yeah. on it's sort of, yeah that was the i used to get so angry about that yeah so agitated about that and yeah. then you know, and I would sort of whenever we'd have guests, Sam, like, yeah. don't let them, don't let don't them, I, don't let them scam you because it's an extra ninety cents. Yes, exactly. Don't do it. That's like, exactly. What am I, what am I talking oh, about? Come anyway, on. So come, come to Bangkok and <laughs> yeah. ride in a taxi. Yeah, it's not <laughs> I took a taxi yeah, here bad. to the to the recording space, and mm. lovely guy, lovely guy, lovely <laughs> <laughs> guy. Yeah, lovely guy. All right. So I think it's time to go to our interview with. With Che and Yo,
1: yeah. So I really wanted to have Zachariah, Che, and Yo on to the show because when I first landed in Bangkok in 2012, No Women in Poetry was the first Thai book that I had ever picked up, um, and it was sort of my introduction into Thai literature.
0: Yeah, they were—they were the first writers I met. Huh. In Thailand, I uh, I was when I moved here. I was looking to, to find poets and to hang out with. And Zacharia, at that point, had just won the Sea Right Award, which is the a large a large regional award that that year was for poetry, and he and he won. And so I was able to track down his email address and emailed him, and we met for coffee, and and uh, Yo was there as well. And I've just really enjoyed being able to have some great conversations with them away from the mic over the years and so it was really great to be able to uh, to get them uh, to sit down with us to chat so without further ado let's go to our interview with Yo and Che Excellent
1: Your nickname is Che Yes
2: uh,
3: My nickname is Yo
2: My nickname is because uh, when maybe Ten years ago, when we start to use the program in internet, and like uh, some program for chatting and a group, and like uh, we should put the name. So I sh- I I just put Anesto Anesto. <laughs> so ah uh, like uh, they call me she because my sister, uh, elder sister,
3: call Yui, and because of this, yeah, my name's Yo. Just common nickname just from my parents you know
1: <laughs> so you and Yo yeah.
2: Yeah. in my culture we don't have the nickname in the southern Thailand if uh, they want to call us they just uh, derive from our name like Zaka or Ya or something like that mm. but is it, uh we never have nickname mm-hmm. nickname is in Bangkok something like that
1: and so, thinking about the future of Thailand, um, what do you see happening in terms of democracy and elections? Do you ever think it'll return?
2: Oh, this is a very uh, hot question.
1: <laughs> Donald Donald
0: wants to get really serious right here, right here near the front of the hour. <laughs> Sorry, I just started going. I'm I, very curious. I, want, I wanted to talk to you guys about soap operas. Yeah, yeah.
2: What are
1: your thoughts on corns?
2: Yeah. I, I think uh, five years not enough for for us to be normal, to be pure democracy. Maybe two or
3: three decades.
1: <laughs> okay. All
2: right.
1: Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a little bit lighter now. Yes. Okay, okay, so yeah, let's let's dial it back a little bit. Pinned. Yeah, it's very <laughs> tense. Let's it's too serious. Let's let's bring it back. Um, so you were talking about in the south how um, there are no nicknames. Well, mm-hmm. your nickname isn't like here in the north where your parents give it to you uh, at a young age. What other differences are there um, from here in Bangkok? Um, and life in the South?
2: Uh, because we, uh, really, we are Malay rest. Mm. We same in the Southeast Asia from Brunei, Indonesia, Singapore, and uh, Malaysia. We are the same rest. Like, uh, uh, like Arab people, in Middle East, they have, they are only Arab. Mm. Until they in Kuwait, Saudi, they just Arab. They spoke, in Arabic language so we are also we spoken in every day with Malayu language we are different from Thai culture and religion also we are Islam so we are in the border of Thai culture
0: so yo am I right in in that you are also from from the south yes but but you're uh, you're not of not, not Malay, Malay yeah, descent, so uh, how, so how is your how is your experience of being from the south similar or different from from Chae's? Can you tell us a I little think, bit about that? I think different from Che but for
3: me is uh, not not so different uh, from Bangkok. But my father, he he, he come from uh, I think the central of Thailand, and because of this, I cannot speak that uh, dialect. In the southern of Thailand, yeah, I speak like a Bangkokian, <laughs> but yeah, very yeah, a shame for
1: me. <laughs> you say a shame? Yes. Yeah. Why?
3: My mother, she always speak this dialectic language with me when she mad, she angry, you know. And because of this, I dislike this kind of language. Oh. But after when i grew up i think
0: uh, it's, it's
3: beautiful language too mm. but i cannot speak
0: could you tell us a story about the first the first poem you read mm-hmm. as a as a kid or the first or the first story maybe 9 years old 10 years old do you remember that can you can you describe that for us for me for uh, for either of you yeah oh sure
3: you know when i was i think about maybe seven or eight years old, uh, my sister she she always uh, bought uh, you know a British story from uh, I don't know like uh, American literature like Edgar Allan Poe, mm. uh, Herman Melville, and uh, the first story that I remember and always care is uh, <laughs> uh, the the fall of uh, the House of Asher. By Edgar Allan Poe.
0: Wow! And you was that in Thai or was that in English? Yes, yes, yes. So that was
3: yeah in Thai. That was a Thai translation, sure. And they put some illustration inside. Yeah, so story for me. Yeah, Yeah. I I think after that, I got a nightmare. Maybe two or three. (laughs) You know, night after read it, I I saw uh, the the tombstone. You know, but in American style or in Gothic style, but not in my culture. And I read some of, of his story. It's about a alive. Wow, for me, it's a, yeah, but but I cannot uh, I cannot stop reading his book. And I, I always, you know, keep it to read it to, to fight or to, you know,
0: try to stop fear. So you were reading, you kept reading as a way to try to sure. stop your fear. That's really interesting.
2: How about you, Che? I'm not interested in poem in when I was young.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yes.
2: Until I complete my high school, uh, we have a lesson. Uh, we have learned about Thai poetry. But uh, for me, this because uh, I am not from Thai people. I, I feeling like that when I was young. Because we have our culture, we have our language. So when at home, every night, my grandfather will telling the story in my language, like that. And until i feel feeling fall asleep, so after that, okay, tomorrow again, like that. This is like a rural story. Mm. And when I start to read in Thai, my sister will buy me Isop. You know, the fables. Yeah, fable. Mm -hmm.
0: This, but in Thai. Could you maybe explain a little bit about some of the the tension between southern Thailand and and central Thailand, or could you just, could you talk to us a little bit about that? I think when I was young, in
2: our place, so peaceful. That time also, they have like a a rebel in, (laughs) in the mountain. But they use the uniform like a like a soldier, something like
0: that. And so, who were those people in the mountains?
2: Uh, rebels is our our people. That that they think these three provinces should be not with Thai. We should be independent. They are intellectual. But they think when the British like uh, they cut three province to be a part of Thailand. But our culture is uh, like a, Klantan and Kedah. We are the same.
0: So the, the people in the north of Malaysia and the people in the south of Thailand, they're of the same culture and yes. shared background, shared mm. history. Did your family know people that were in the mountains? Did you know some of those rebels?
2: We don't know personally, but at that time, uh, people also were very friendly with them. Because uh, they like uh, they fight like gentleman.
1: Okay. Like,
2: mm-hmm. uh, they fight with soldiers and police sometimes. not with the people, not with innocent.
0: When you say they fight like gentlemen, what does that mean?
2: Gentlemen, I think uh, they they and they use the gun as the soldier use the gun. Mm. They don't shoot the people who doesn't have a gun. Okay. I think this is fair. This okay. Uh, we want to, they announce they want independent. So they should fight with the, the force, not fight with the people and innocent. But uh, now so today, this change, look like so many innocent die. Yeah. So for me, I think this is not gentleman action.
1: Right. Yeah. And what about you, Yo? Uh,
3: when I was young, I think it's always about communism and communist. Something happened, yeah, you can blame communists like uh you know terrorism mm. uh, like uh sometimes they have uh burned uh the building, I think it's city hall, maybe when I was young, but yeah, and we have to beware, uh yeah, maybe he he is uh your teacher, he's communist, uh-huh. you know, he's always aware and always I think paranoid about this but uh, when I grew up I think it's a different story it's a it's a long story like a like a shadow it's very complex
1: do you remember a time where you first noticed uh, censorship you became aware of censorship either in books or in the art around you Yes. yes
3: it's about my yeah my family you know, my mother. She she gave me, uh, you know, a kind of diary. But uh, I think it's a you cannot use because the date is outdated already. Outdated diary. But you know, when I was I think maybe ten years old, I write it, but write about my father, my mother, and you know, a kind of uh, Rousseau confession. Mm-hmm and some kind of story is just uh, when when my uncle he read it he said like uh, yeah it's, i think you cannot write like this you know you cannot blame your father like this and my uncle he, he told my mother to you know to yeah you can call censorship uh, to, to take the diary from me and to make me stop writing because maybe He just uh, worry about me maybe i tend to be queer Mm. or homosexual because for thai people they said the the writing habit maybe is the for feminine Mm. and
0: wait so because you were writing in your in your in this diary this outdated diary and because you were you were writing reflectively in in the spirit of of, yeah (laughs) of rousseau the your your uncle was honestly worried that maybe you were gay? Sure!
3: He said because it is not a, 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 a thing, it's not a boy habit. You have to go outside to play soccer. You have to, you know, you cannot stay in, in the room and try to write everything in detail. And because of it, uh, he sent me to, to learn Thai boxing. Just two days, my my hand is broken, wow. and we have to stop. I have to stop learning, and sure, I have to quit. Even for writing too. Wow, <laughs> <What>?
0: <laughs> that's one of the most amazing stories yeah. I've ever heard. So okay, Basic so is that story? A, no, well, no, no, a, no, an amazing story? Just an amazing story. Yeah. So your uncle, okay, so your uncle. Thought you were gay because you were writing. So he signed you up for Muay Thai. Sure. And you broke your hand. Sure. And I have to stop. So you had to stop both of those things. Because yeah. he went outside and yeah. and, and, and uh, looked at the flowers. Sure. Okay.
1: Speaking of which, my father, like your father mm-hmm. or your uncle, he, he thought I was gay because I wrote in a wow. diary when I was young. So it's not just Thailand, I guess. <laughs> it's also the States. Yeah
0: is that actually like culturally is that still a belief that that if a young if that a young boy is keeping a journal is writing poems or writing stories that that is is a sign of homosexuality is that still is that still true today?
3: I don't know what do you think Che?
0: I think like
2: uh, our people ASEAN people they uh, like a we uh should keep inside, not express mm. I think this is culture, not like in the West I think mm. uh about your diary me also I censor myself because mm. I, uh so many times I try to write diary i about many diaries, but I only two three page and about and i think i cannot write diary because uh, i think someday some people will read this mm. my personality i think i want to keep with me because i fear someday it will, if i i wrote down everything it will be not good for me <laughs> this a kind of censor by myself
1: you said because something bad might happen yes what could happen
2: uh if i i wrote everything Mm. i am naked (laughs) Ah. Mm. it's
3: It's about privacy i guess Mm
2: -hmm.
0: say say more about that what do you mean yo it's about privacy
3: yeah maybe che he just want to make
0: his story but uh, he he
3: he doesn't want to expose himself in his diary
0: Mm. i'm so fascinated by that because the that there's a fear and I guess I'm trying to understand whether it's like a cultural fear or whether it's just a personal fear of, of even putting those personal thoughts down in a, in a, in something that will remain private. That's because that, that kind of censorship, the censorship of yourself in a diary, that seems different to me than the censorship in something that you would publish mm-hmm. either on social media or in a book could you talk about that a little bit is is, there a, is that a different kind of censorship or is it does it come from the same place this is uh, different when i start involved with the thai politics
2: and start with a friend reading a poem on political poem we know we should censor something mm. because uh, we have example so many people in the jail Mm. because of writing not a big writing just a, like a, we, we have heard that couple of months one man write down in the wall in the toilet now in the jail mm. how if we publish thousand copies of book <laughs> mm. I think if we cannot censor this I think more worse than that man
1: Che, has there ever been something you were scared to write mm-hmm. or to put out into the world?
2: For me, I, I'm not scared of this because I, if I think I shouldn't talk about this mm-hmm. in my poem. So I put them. But I have a like a my way. The audience of me, the reader of me, read this and they know what they're missing.
1: Mm-hmm. Ah. Wow. So you use a quote you put in things or you leave things out but the reader knows what you're leaving out
2: mm-hmm. yes something like that okay because i think when we leave the missing that missing will be clear than we put down mm-hmm. and stronger than when we openly
1: yeah and yo has there ever been anything you were reluctant to publish mm-hmm. Reacting to publish?
3: No, but I, I just I just want to, to 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 say that yeah I think for censorship I think it's a maybe it's our mission to compete it you know because for for writer for poet I think it's the only way to do is to write even we we know is that. We we have a kind of censorship, but we have to to invent the art, you know, to express.
1: How long have you two been working together? Before to, uh,
2: before two thousand ten, mm-hmm. we uh, like uh, we meet some event in like poetry reading, two three times I think, mm-hmm. and we talk just uh, we don't know every everyone just talk, and I think that time I also have uh, published my translation poetry from English to Thai. And I have a poem published myself also. So when I'm thinking I want to publish a book, to collection poetry, so I'm thinking you can help me to be my editor.
1: And so um, together you put out No Women in Poetry. Yes. Okay. Can you tell us a little about the title, where that comes from, you know, what that means? First
2: week, when, when I sent the manuscript to you, and after you select my poem, and I think Yo and in office and his friend select three titans from my poetry. And. We agree. No woman in poetry is stronger in the sense of reader when they saw on the it's
0: cover. Like
3: a sexism, more mm, yeah, like a.
0: <laughs> so did you choose it? Did you choose that title in order to be controversial? <laughs> Maybe, but but
3: anyway, <laughs> when when you read it, it's not sexism anymore. It's,
0: so you get the the, yeah. the, uh, the controversy gets you to gets you to pick up the book, and then you, then you're hit by a bunch of metaphors, and you and you forget about the sexism. Yes. <laughs> yeah. does, what is that? What it, I mean, in English, that sort of that progression of words is sort of a declarative, right? Sort of a, like <laughs> yes. like, there, like there should not be any women in poetry, or there are not any women in poetry. In Thai, does it have the same meaning? I think. How do you say it in Thai?
2: It's like a normal language mm-hmm. like a uh, like everyday use no no sugar in coffee this is normal language so
0: I Wait, t- but in what context would you say there's no sugar in coffee <laughs> you're, like you're looking you're looking are you saying to the barista i don't want any sugar in my coffee or are you, are you saying, look, there's a cup of coffee there's, there's no sugar, no sugar, no sugar, in. sugar. <laughs> which is what does that mean?
2: No sugar in coffee. I but understand maybe. what it means. <laughs> yeah. just may- to may- the maybe uh, if sometime we 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 need a sweet butter, the uh, barista <laughs> not for the coffee or not give an a
0: a sugar. Ah. Uh-huh. So something like that. So it's uh-huh. a reaction to that. It's like ah like, oh, man, you didn't put any sugar in my coffee. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: This uh, <laughs> because uh, I think
0: this poem also yeah w- very kind of aggressive so what is the what is the poem about maybe we could put it on the uh, maybe we could put that we'll we'll put a couple of the poems and maybe yo if you have an excerpt of one of your stories in in english we could put it up there as well or translate it quickly Mm -hmm. Uh, but what what is that poem about the the where that title comes from this is about the artist when
2: they create some artwork or maybe a poet or every every kind of art Mm. they like a god small god that, that from nothing they can create everything
0: nice. and, and therefore there are no women in poetry <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I have I have actually a, 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 a related question that I've stumbled upon I've I've met I've met a number of 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 Thai poets mostly through you uh through, through you Che some here in Bangkok and and uh and down south, um, but I have not actually met that many female poets. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you could you talk a little bit about some of the some of the, f- the female poets that are in your community, or some of the female poets that that you'd like people to to know more about, or or that should be translated into English? I
2: think we are the same situation. I think in America also, if we count the Name a poet: A feel of woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know why.
3: I think we have, and some is uh, very extraordinary, but back in maybe 100 years ago, we have one, mm-hmm. but but we know not, nothing about her. He just wrote maybe two or three uh, poems, mm. but very it's, it's like a, uh, you know. It's a kind of mixed mixed with words and fiction uh i think novel and words you know it's like a fictional words i don't know how to uh, how to translate but you know uh, her work uh, is weird very very strange it's like uh it's not abnormal language and one word uh, one word is uh it's like a, you know it's like mixed together with mythology but maybe two or uh, just one hundred uh, stories in one in one poem. But she used just uh, she put the name of the character, hero, everything inside the poem, and we just learn uh, about her just, just like uh, she is the uh, the just mad woman who write this, but know nothing about her. What is her name? I think she's a kind of like a princess you know but we know nothing about her
0: so only the only the work yes only yes. the work, really, Two work
3: really the major yeah maybe three yeah just three
0: there's not a there's not a great deal of Thai literature translated into English sure. why is that could you tell us your sense of your understanding of that is it is it because of the difficulty of taking the thai language in particular into english does it have to do with sort of larger kind of some of the economics of translation that there's just not that there's just not for whatever reason the, the the network between either thai publishers or thai editors or writers and western presses what's your what's your sense of that why is why, why are there so few thai works translated in English and then available in, mm-hmm. in the English market?
2: I think, yes, economic also, because uh, we don't have, like, a, a connection. Mm-hmm. And also, we don't have, like, a guru, a guy that interesting in Thai literature, like uh, stay in Thailand, learn Thai, and looking which one is... To uh, translate and promote to the West. Last year, in Burma, they have anthology, Burma poetry, uh, published in America. Mm. But uh, in Thailand, we still never uh, appear in the West. Okay, we have uh, like uh, anthology uh, translation, some word but it's not enough. And published in Thailand, not spreading outside. I think now we have uh, so many ri- good writer, the young one, mm. and I think can compare to the ways in another country. I just back from I just back from Indonesia from Bali. Mm. I found Indonesian writer more active, active, more interesting because uh, okay they, because they are diversity people also, mm. and so many of writer from Indonesia, books translate into English, more than Thai. I think we also, we have something different from another part. Like we, uh, Thai writer different from Malaysia and Malayu people, like in Indonesia and from the
0: Lao and Burma, Cambodia. One of the things I remember from one of our earliest conversations when we met maybe five years ago now you were talking about how when your book won the Wright award Mm -hmm. it was a bit of a controversy around that because you were writing in free verse and free verse in 2010 in Thailand was a slightly controversial (laughs) medium which coming from America was surprising Uh, but could you could you talk about that what was it that was controversial about about free verse and what is it that that what, what were, I suppose, formalists, what were they worried about?
2: Uh, because uh, in Thai literature, first thing in we have uh, was the worst from Ayutthaya time. Mm. And when the, when we moved to Bangkok to becoming new monarchy 200 years ago, look looked like uh, we have the hygiene of poetry in words. So Thai people proud about this. So we no need to learn from another. So free words is another thing from the words. Thai words, they have like melody. Mm. And if you translate to another language, you cannot bring this melody. Just mm. a message. Free words don't have the rhymes. Mm. And when you read free words, very hard, Compare with the melody of Thai words. Free words in Thailand, we have for I think 30 years or 40 years ago, some elders, poet they're starting to compose in free words, but uh, not popular and not recognized by Thai literature so much. And they were mentioned in the Thai textbook. With, Because when I learn Thai language, I never know they have a free word as a poetry. So when my book becoming Seeright Award, this is make young people, when they read my book, they always say, yes, I can write this also. Easy to read, easy to understand it, easy to compose also. Look like everyone can do this.
0: So it's slightly more democratic.
2: Yes, some some newspaper in English say like I am liberate something like that <laughs> because uh, uh was that time thirty two years never uh, the free verse never be a winner. Mm. I am the eleventh poet. Wow. Uh, and the first one in free verse. Oh. And after she, the back back to the to, traditional. To the world, the oh. Traditional. Mm. So I am. I have talked with some friend, maybe very really hard again. Three was becoming a winner, maybe ten years or twenty years. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you both believe that story and verse um, could play an important role in how Thailand's future is shaped? Do you think things will change, and do you think literature will play a role in that change? I think we cannot change
2: the. Uh, the world, <laughs> we cannot change the Thai also, <laughs> but we can tell the story, and we can compose some poetry,
0: and telling the story. What are the What are the stories that need to be told? That, what I mean, what are the stories that are not being told? What are the stories that that either Thais or people outside of Thailand are not hearing?
2: I think, uh, I want to tell the story of my. My land in the southern, but it's a big, uh, big issue for me. So I, I think I not start now. Just uh, collect the. Collect the like a, memory and something about the southern, from my childhood until now. I want to I want to tell the story of people, not about the situation, but the story of men of family, something like that.
0: I I would say that before I moved to Thailand, I didn't. I knew very little about Thailand, and I certainly didn't know anything about the conflict in southern Thailand. I mean the number of people that died mm-hmm. in either terrorist action or or government retaliation I think that a lot of listeners uh in the West would not know very much about that that wouldn't know those stories wouldn't doesn't don't know that land mm. yes i think
2: i don't want to focus on the wildlands because I think wildland is something permanently. I think I, I want to tell like a, what are people working, what are people feeling and not focus on the violence or peace, something like that. I, because I think I'm boring with the the word peace that that play so much in, in the southern now. Everything even should be put peace, peace, peace. I think this uh. a not the first cause i think mm-hmm. the the violin is uh, the last cause i think the world or the uh, people or Thai people should know who we are something like that mm-hmm. so
0: I think and do you, and do you feel that that a lot of Thai people don't know who the southern people are
2: yes, they know i think but they know by the uh, most of them don't know about the history of the southern people. But I am not focused on history. But I think I want to focus on the, like the human feeling. Mm-hmm.
0: Yo, do you feel, what are the stories that you want to tell? Or that you want to read or publish?
3: Like I told you, maybe uh, at the beginning, I don't know. But we live in the reality and because of save,
0: save, save, i don't think we did talk about that what do you, what do you mean who lives in surreality? <laughs>
3: for i think thailand is a i don't know surreal country because you cannot use the same logic you know to thai people uh, it's about politics it's about everything like i told you yeah a big Brother is watching you. I think you cannot okay. think about Big Brother. I think mm. what happened in Thailand is very surreal. Mm. Yeah, we live in surreality. Even, you know, the newspaper cannot
0: talk about this. So you're talking about surreality of... of, of a, a Mentality, to everything, I think,
3: for now. Time mentality, but you
0: know, surreal surreality you, that that has a lot to do with the the political context and the sure. and, and the um,
3: <laughs> sure. <laughs>
0: I guess I'm just thinking about because we're living in. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I feel like we're living in surreal times where, where you know, we just receive confirmation that there is a transmission coming from Mars. Huh. That that's not a hoax. Mm-hmm. That's, surreal to me. <laughs> uh-huh. that's surreal to me. That's surreal to me. That's like science fiction uh-huh. becoming part of reality, right? So when I hear you say surreal, that's the kind that I mean, I mean, I've been preoccupied with that kind of surreality. Uh, yeah, which is different from the kind that you're talking
3: about, I suppose. But anyway, if you ask, or if you, yeah, like Thai people know about these new, about uh, the, the mask, I think. Thai common Thai people, they maybe they could say it, or they, they could tell you that, yeah, the Buddha found this already, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, what, what, do you, this, wait, what do you mean? The Buddha found what already?
3: Yeah, Buddha found everything, everything yeah. before that, yeah, before <laughs> that happened
2: 500 years ago. Yeah, right?
3: everything explained by Buddha already, and because of this, you cannot told them and make them you know
0: so it's not wait so okay let me just i'll ask the two of you and then you can maybe extrapolate so (laughs) are you just as people as human beings are you surprised by the news of this transmission which may be coming from like this broken satellite or may be coming from something and that's like again when that's when it starts to get surreal maybe coming from some other thing is that does that strike you as super strange and super bizarre and frightening as hell, or one
3: to ten? I think for Thai <laughs> like me, maybe five.
0: Five. Five. What, what would five. be? What would be? Ten, what would be eight? Maybe. Ah, yeah.
3: the The case that I told you today is just <laughs> eight, but ten. You
0: mean a, politi- a yes, political? Yes, yes. A
3: case of political. A case of political. Yeah, the signal from Mars, for me, maybe five.
0: How about yeah. for you, Che? Is that? Is it seem strange to you? Does it seem? Are you freaked out, or is it just? Are you, or does, does? I mean, I don't. I don't know how it could not freak you out. It's freaking me out. I'll let Donald talk about whether it's freaking him out or not. But it what scares you- the hell out of me. I think possible. I think because the uh,
2: universe is very big, mm. and. We're still in journey Mm. to find the new thing.
3: Mm. Very positive.
0: Yeah, that's super positive and (laughs) super, (laughs) super spiritual and philosophical. Uh, Okay, it's freaking me out. But I guess I'm I'm just gonna sit here at my like ten of being freaked (laughs) out about this. Um, Yeah, I don't know. You guys, you guys are some mellow. You're some mellow dudes. I don't know. But
3: anyway. uh, about ten, level ten, maybe it involved the Martian. I don't know, but yeah, so if they were aliens, yeah, maybe, then 10. maybe they, okay. they were alien. Okay.
0: What do you think? Yeah, I mean, twelve, twelve, fifteen, <laughs> twenty, <laughs> off the off the off the charts. I don't know. I'm just curious because I think we I mean we'd be remiss if we didn't ask. Um, the so like, just, just this week, I'm losing track of time. It was it was revealed that the the, the person who gave the documents mm-hmm. to WikiLeaks mm-hmm. was this this woman, Pim how do you say her last we- we- La- kun we- we- La- we- uh was the one who leaked the documents. That she uh-huh. that she and now she's seeking asylum. Um I guess. Uh I didn't really think that like, you know, the astronaut bureau would really be <laughs> going after her, uh-huh. but I guess I guess she's freaked out about it. Um how she's she's thai french thai born in thailand but uh as i understand it is that how how are people in your community r- responding to that does it seem like she like is that kind of behavior like reveal you know revealing these secret documents to the world does that seem like something that is that being lauded by people you know or people like that's that's really great like she's you know she's not thai but maybe she's thai french like is that sort of solidarity that's like awesome or is it Mm -hmm. she really shouldn't have done that like that's not that's like not that's not cool
3: thing about him i think
0: she maybe just yeah it's uh would your uncle let's talk about your uncle (laughs) would your uncle think that she was like a good thai woman to do that to release that information to like the global media would would she would he think that that's a that that's good Thai behavior. No. Or should she have kept that secret? I think if
3: she involved the WikiLeaks it's not yeah, it's not good anymore because not only for, for this I think WikiLeaks it, it involved about everything that, that Thai people should not read.
0: <laughs> oh, so just because it's because it's related to WikiLeaks it's, yes, in yes. particular. Yes. Oh, because yes. there's some history yes. with that. Okay. okay, that makes some good sense. You
3: know about Tamakai? Mm. You know? Tamagai is a... One sect uh, uh, sec sec of, of Buddhism. Buddhism. I think they can build the UFO. Yeah. The, the
0: temple like... Yeah, Wait, the temple. Temple. Wait, who can build What are we talking about? I think
3: uh, that the temple is a real UFO. In you, Thailand? Yes. 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 You can find and i think they can contact the mashi and already you have to research <laughs> about tamakai and tamakai. because of, where
0: yeah. is this temple where's the ufo temple In Patumtani. have Patumtani. you been there yeah, i have
1: never heard
3: of it you have to study about this mm. and because of this you I guys are you.
0: F- you guys are freaking me out right now
2: <laughs>
3: maybe you you have to
2: the temple very big and look like the ufo no not not look <laughs> like i think it's a real <laughs> ufo
3: <laughs>
0: do they do they think it's do like they think they're you. in contact with ufo's or do you do contact. they, do, do they do, i mean seriously do, have they like before all of this mars transmission nonsense were they did they did they talk about like having contact with aliens or do, or no, like other beings I, or
3: did they, they, they talk just uh, like about the afterlife but i think it's a alien thing you know It's about alien thing because you have to 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 buy like uh I don't know like ticket yeah ticket Mm. donation and because of the I think it's Mm. real UFO you have to you have to see this
2: okay like like they have so many price also like a so many what price price yes like it costs a certain amount yeah uh, box uh, yeah. So if you have more money, you can.
0: You mean it's sort of like life release. You go to the you go to the market and you buy certain fish at different prices, and then you get a certain amount of karma based on that. Is it like that?
2: No, look like you when you want to. I think in the Middle Age they have a uh, some in in Christianity that they buy they selling the ticket for the heaven.
0: Yeah, like sure. That. No, that was what uh, Martin Luther. Was Did you see urging. this? Like I told you. He showed, Yo just handed us his, his iPhone and there's a UFO temple on it. We just want to thank you guys so much for giving us so much of your time. We'd like to put some links to your work up online and maybe um, some excerpts of poems or stories. But thank you guys so much for, for being welcome. on us uh, on our <laughs> podcast. And uh, even though you have not calmed my, my fears, my intergalactic, <laughs> interplanetary, let's be specific about my terror, uh-huh. my interplanetary fears. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Woo So that that interview left me with a lot, a lot to think about. And I, yeah. uh, as I said before, I've had conversations with them over the over the years, and uh, there were a lot of things that came up in that conversation that that we never talked about. So that was really that was really just wonderful personally, but. I was really struck by how they, they, they each talked about that tendency towards self-censorship and that fear of writing something down in a journal just for the sort of general fear that someone might find it and might know about who they really were and how they really distinguished that from, from fear of getting in trouble with the government or something. right? They, as, as I, I don't know if you understood yeah, that yeah, the same way, but it yeah. seemed like they, it was just a, a more sort of fundamental need to hide certain aspects of yourself, even from your diary. Right. Uh, not, not to mention all the other aspects of censorship that, I mean, it's always fascinating in Thailand the way people skate around the Les Majesté <laughs> issue or even yeah. bringing it up um, and these rather ornate ways in which people even talk about the cases because it is that sensitive. Yeah. It was just—it was very interesting to just be there and be witnessing that happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and the comp, yeah. So we we got to see it firsthand. This this constant need to navigate around something that greatly affects the lives of artists throughout the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I thought was pretty pretty fascinating about this interview is okay. So let me preface this. So we had guests on previous episodes talk about how they weren't really interested in commenting on Thai politics. Like Kathy said she didn't really find a need to comment on politics and and Dino didn't really feel a need to comment on politics and his music. But with Yo and Che, they considered it part of their mission, their art. Um, That to me was kind of fascinating. and Also that they're a reminder that there's these vast interpretations of what it means to be a Thai artist. And they just have completely different yeah. <laughs> approaches to it. Yeah. Um and I, I think that's that's pretty fascinating. And also also hopeful that every that there's room for all these different types of voices exploring all these different types of issues. Mm-hmm. I I'm glad to know there are the Kathys out there and the Dinos out mm-hmm. there. And also yeah. glad to know yeah. that they're the Yos and the Chase. Yeah.
0: It was interesting hearing them talk about the, the various influences they had in their early exposure to Western literature, but I found it particularly interesting, and I want to f- find some ways to maybe interrogate it later or talk about it later with other with other um, artists, but this idea that that Che said that, that in order for Thai poetry or Thai literature to really be known in the West, that it needs specifically a Western champion. Yeah. It needs someone from the West to come to Thailand, learn Thai, right. and then to kind of select the writers in thailand yeah. um i wish that we'd been able to talk a little bit more with him about that because right. that idea of, of really needing an external i mean i understood i think i understand that in terms of the economics of, under, yes, how, yeah. of how those things work in publishing but but it didn't exactly fit in a way with with his i don't know with other aspects of how he understood himself as an artist and how independent he is and how you know, Yo's Publishing House and what they're doing there. So I don't know. I was just, I was really yeah. interested. I was really interested in that.
1: Yeah, the idea that Thai art and Thai literature will need a figurehead from the West. Um, that's very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it could be you one day? No, <laughs> no. my Thai sucks. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, you know, there's an opportunity there. <laughs> yeah, stay here another 15 yeah. years. And, yeah, and, there you go. And,
0: and get my Thai up to fighting weight. <laughs> I think we are both surprised by the, the shortage of Thai of, of Thai women in yeah. poetry and literature. And we weren't able to really get any examples from them of contemporary Thai women writers. And obviously they're out there and we're gonna see right, what we can do to, to 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 track them down. But but that was interesting that yeah. and Che made a comparison with with American poetry that there's a, a lack of of female poets represented in American poetics. And while that's certainly been true historically mm. I think I think the the degree is is different I don't think you mean uh,
1: with Thailand yeah, weight, they, were they, women, yeah but, I mean, they yeah I
0: mean they couldn't mention one right yes. it's not right. it's not yeah very easy to name many contemporary yeah. American female poets right <laughs> so I don't know I just I, I thought that was interesting I think maybe his sense of that his sense of that is that they're similar but 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 I, I see it differently but
1: but hopefully we can we can find some women yeah, in poetry track it down <laughs> yeah
0: Anyway, we had, a, we had a really great time interviewing Che and Yo, and I want to thank them for, for taking the time to speak with us. You can find links to their work on our website, Poet in Bangkok. We're going to put some excerpts up there as well, uh, as well as um, some, some photographs of some of the Mars-related Buddhist spaceships <laughs> that they were discussing. Please follow us also on Twitter and Instagram. And if you are listening to this podcast on itunes Uh, if you like it please uh, leave a comment and give us a high ranking if you don't like it just
1: move on and do something else (laughs) but you'll probably like it (laughs) it. thanks to anna john barry patrick mark and ian for their invaluable help thanks to martin pavlinich and his band reports for the music on today's episode and thanks again to paul and noi at the freeze green club tell your friends about us whether they're into literature travel music or just quirky podcasts in the era of mars transmissions
0: and whether you live in bangkok or chicago beijing or melbourne mexico city or paris we hope you'll keep listening to what we get up to here on poet in bangkok all right guys we'll see you next time thanks